Welcome to our broadcast, On the Air with the IWFFA, a show brought to you by the International Women's Flag Football Association, supporting female flag football from around the world for all ages and skill levels, and hosted by Women's Football Talk. We use this show to unite and empower female flag football players by listening and sharing, along with special guests and players from around the world who will share their flag football stories and experiences. On the Air with the IWFFA airs on the third Thursday of each month, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, which you can download from our website, iwffa.com. We thank our sponsors for making the show possible, and you too can support us by advertising or becoming a show sponsor. Contact us today. Our email is iwffa at iwffa.com. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to the IWFFA on the air with the IWFFA. I'm Diane Barrelson, your host, along with Miss Raina. MJ's not able to join us for this month's show. And Miss Raina, how are you this evening? Hello, Diane. I'm doing wonderful. It's so good to be back. How are you? It's been a while, hasn't it? It it's has. Been, yeah, we had, well, we had the holidays. We had the Key West tournament that kept me busy. You know, I took off a few weeks because I have been so busy from December all the way through January and into February. I have just, I needed a break. And you know, it's it feels so good to relax and do nothing for the past two weeks. So actually, as of right now, absolutely nothing. Okay, good for you. I'm just uh, winding down from the Key West tournament. You know, I hesitate to call it the Kelly McGillis Classic. What happened was because of the COVID, City of Key West did not want to have any special events you oh, know they okay. um as a matter of fact they um uh if anyone knows florida keys it's like a long stretch of islands and uh, they actually closed the gate uh, just south of um north of key largo oh. but anyway so uh, yeah they were pretty so key west has been very responsible in that regards so um we could not have our national and international team so what i did was we did have a tournament and it was the local teams so we had 13 teams we had five girls teams they were from the ages 9 to 11 however uh, we do have we did have some girls as young as 7 then we had our juniors from 12 to 15 years old 
And then we had the women's division. So uh, we had four teams in that category, four juniors, five girls teams. And it was wonderful. But it's amazing the, the, the amount of work. Now it's uh, two weeks after the event was played and I'm still cleaning up. I'm still trying to close up the, um, the tournament, you know. So um, organizers understand all the work that has to be put in. And, um, but I'm coming down. I'm uh, starting to get some free time. And it was, it was wonderful for us. We, um, we ended up playing the games uh, outside of Key West, the next island over, which was um, Stock Island. Okay. And, the, and the field, unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. The field is right across the street from my house. Oh, wow. So you just had to wake up and walk right over. Uh, that's basically what I did. <laughs> and, if, and if I forgot anything, not to worry, I'll just go walk over across the street with my wheelbarrow. So that was, that was really nice. And then we still had the same structure. You know, we had the social events. We had a screening for the documentary produced by Kristen Carroll called A League of Our Own. Okay. Now, did, I had emailed everyone, all of our members, about the documentary screening. Did you get to see a little bit about it, the uh, the little clip, the promo? I, I did, and I absolutely loved it. I think it was very powerful in the message that was stated, and uh, it was one. Of, it, it was done very well. And I think it, it, it is really good that our sport, and especially for women in flag football, it's it's. I, I really hope this documentary does well for it. Well, it starred Kelly McGillis, Diana Nyad, myself, and women who are listening to our uh, radio show should know that uh, they're welcome to also be a part of it. We're looking for women who have had a big stake in women's flag football. So they should contact the IWFFA. Just email us. I'll give you the email address right now. IWFFA at IWFFA.com. I should explain a, a little bit more about it. You know that, first of all, the IWFFA is a woman's organization first that uses the sport of flag football. And it made that distinction. You know, in the mid 1800s, the women's suffrage movement had unified countries around the world to fight for the right to vote. And it took probably about 50, 60, 70 years. And um, do you know what country was the first to give women the rights to vote? Uh, I do not. Didn't I, I, I didn't ask you that question no, before. No, no, you, you never, you never have. I know we, I know women's suffrage, I know, uh, and that it started to take place and that, but uh, I was not aware of the first uh, country. Well, the last, for the, regarding the United States, the last state to ratify women's right to vote, which was the 19th Amendment, was Florida. Florida always seems to be very late to do things like that, but we were smart. We would Google the answer are you are you able to google it the first i, I can google anything so uh the first women's suffrage or the first first country to give the women the rights to vote uh the first country to grant women's suffrage was in new zealand in uh 1893 australia it says 1902 Finland came around in 1906, and uh, yeah, it just goes on all the way through. And America didn't go all. America doesn't even make the top 15 list. <laughs> no, no. That I know they had a couple of states, a few states where women were allowed to vote, but um, 
So New Zealand was the first country. Yeah. Okay, kudos, kudos to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so anyway, back to the documentary, very well done. We had a screening at the Key West tournament and people can look at our itinerary of the events and uh, click on the link to see the uh, promo for the documentary. Very nicely done. Um, and so Kelly McGillis explains how I approached her asking to use her name for the Kelly McGillis Classic, that uh, the tournament in Key West. That was the largest women's flag football tournament in 2001 with 48 teams. And Diana Nyad, you know who Diana Nyad is, yes? Uh, I'm not sure. Can you refresh? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She was 62 years old. She was a, a record holder swimmer, and uh, she had tried several times to swim freestyle from Cuba to Key West. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I yeah. I remember her, yeah. But, wow. but what, was, what was so special was that she did it. She finally, uh, after uh, several attempts, uh, at the age of 62, man, and when she came on to the shores of Key West, uh, oh, she looked, she looked, uh, whoa, her lips, her face, you know, in the water. She <laughs> took a brutal, yeah. she really took a brutal beating physically and she did it. But she said three things that was so inspiring. One of them was 62 years old. You're never too old. Yes. And that's what the, that, that rings in my ear. And um, she gave a beautiful um, talk uh, interview rather for the uh, documentary. So uh, we should tell our listeners, uh, keep your head out uh, and ears up for the uh, documentary when the full length comes out next month, by the way. Um, oh, so also uh, at the, uh, tournament we had the three different divisions and for the girls juniors and the women and then for the awards you know last year because of the covid all of our tournaments after key west uh, were not able to be played we couldn't we could not travel for our promotional tour to then to um, sierra leone africa or pakistan we'll travel this year by the way especially anticipating that things are going to open up with the uh, vaccination. How do you feel about the COVID with the vaccination coming out? Oh, well, uh, oh, that's a tough one because I, I personally don't believe in vaccines. Uh, I, you know, and I don't want to get into that subject because we can go a mile long and everything like that. But I know there are people that believe it. I, I, you know me, I, I do, I, I'm healthy, so I, I build I believe in building the immune system. So I, I try not to get involved in that, but I think a lot of people need that because, you know, the way our society is. So, yeah, well, uh, I don't like vaccinations either, but um, I do want to travel. I know that they're going to have those regulations. International travelers for sure will have to show that they've had the vaccination. Okay. So I'm 61. Too bad I wasn't 65 because then I'd be able to get the vaccination now. Oh, okay. you know, the, yeah, is, they're giving is, it. Is, to, is that the cutout or is that the, the stipulation right now? You got to be 65 or older to get it. Well, a healthcare worker, you know, if you have a profession um, in an area, school teachers, I believe. Uh, and if you're 65 years old, I know people that is my age group. Yes. Friends of mine are getting those vaccinations. Okay. So, so it's happening. We played all of our tournament games with the masks on. Oh, well, how, how, that's got to be hard because I know I have a hard time breathing. I'm just walking around. <laughs> so how, how did the girls fare with that? 
Well, I tell you, uh, first of all, it was third weekend, January. So it was not so hot. Actually, it was beautiful weather. We re- you know, this Key West tournament, it's the perfect time of year. Not too hot and uh, definitely not cold. Um, so that helped. But we encourage, I encourage the players to use the buff. Now, the buff is not like the um, 95 masks that are thicker and much more preventable, you know, for the COVID. But by wearing it, the buff, uh, you could, it's easier to breathe. I wore it throughout, you know, I didn't play. I was uh, one of the officials. And so it really was not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. And by the way, for all of our practices, we, my girls, we have the uh, masks on. So it was okay. But now I want to, um, so it was a wonderful tournament. We had our social events, girls night out and the women. uh, We had our events at the awards. It was really lovely. You know, with the four women's teams, it was more intimate. We were friendly with each other. I love the camaraderie. So last year, because we only base our awards according to the Key West tournament, the Kelly McGillis Classic 2020. So I'd like to just announce for you our special awards, uh, our Sports Women Award for North America region goes to Michelle Rizzuto. She's from Blue Wave, phenomenal athlete. Uh, she also competes uh, in the IWFFA tournaments for many years. Great, great athlete. We've got a couple of photos from her. Uh, she was on one of our covers. She is has just scored a touchdown. Her hands are up in the air. One of the best action shot photos we have. Anyway, for the Latin American region, IWFA Sportswoman Award goes to our very own MJ Maria Egugere. Oh, very nice. Very now, listen, you have, you've seen MJ in action. Do yes. You, yes, because yes. Uh, she also came to the um, P-Town tournament in 2019 you know, she played on the loose women's team. Yes. And um, that P-Town loose women's team is really very special. We get plenty of women and the age range is huge. It is from 16 years old to 72 years old. You know, God bless Maureen. Maureen is our oldest uh, flag football player. She's still playing. And, um, so MJ comes on the team. You know how wonderful it is when you get someone, uh, an athlete like MJ for a team that has older players. Yes, absolutely. You know what? You know what everyone was saying in the huddle? Give MJ the ball. <laughs> Just have her run constantly, right? <laughs> Give MJ the ball. Give MJ the ball. <laughs> She's a phenomenal athlete. And um, yeah, she won all the awards. Uh that year and last year she was in Key West uh, as well. And um, sports girl goes to Emily Kano. Emily is a a young uh, lady, uh, 13 years old from Key West. She is a phenomenal player. She started playing at an early age. You know, I had started the uh, girls flag football about 12 years ago. And um, this year we had actually longer than 12 years ago in the late nineties, 99, I had started the girls flag football and uh, one of the four women's local teams that competed in the tournament this year was the girls who I 
first coached, they were called the Bahama Mamas. And they were the RSTN Sosa team. They had competed in the tournament. They were very good athletes and they were, the seed that was planted is fruiting. And so now in Key West, the Florida Keys, actually, we have lots of women who've played flag football at a younger age. Oh, so that, yeah, so that was really nice to see. And uh, Porter Wilson Award. Do you remember last year we had an interview with a mom coach, Christy Artiga? Yes, yes, I do. Yes. Great, great interview. Uh, the woman didn't know how to play flag football. She uh, never coached before, and she was a great mom flag football coach. We're going to bring her on later on to the show to tell us how the second year as a mom coach went for her. She received the Porter Wilson Award. Ah, because of yeah because of her efforts with the uh, girls flag football program in the florida keys uh she was um, a powerhouse for sure so she was the recipient for the porter wilson and let me just explain to people that um if you have anyone male female in your league in your area who has done the most for girls or women's flag football, please nominate them. Explain why you feel they would should receive the Porter Wilson Award. That's our most prestigious award. Send it to us by November of the end of this year, and they may very well be recognized as the Porter Wilson recipient. Uh, Porter Wilson, of course, was the fellow who invented the belts and flags. By the way, he's also included in the documentary. Oh, I, I didn't see that, but... Well, you saw the promo, but the the, the, uh, oh, the, oh, the screening, the screening is uh, it shows you what the piece. It was supposed to be a short piece, a short documentary. It ended up being so good that they're making it a full length. So that tells you about the work and the production by Kristen Carroll and the um, LMC group, uh, Melissa, her assistant, and um, other women who worked really hard. Fact finding history. So. Again, that's a league of our own. That's a phenomenal documentary that's going to come out uh, very soon. By the way, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did watch the Super Bowl. Who were you cheering for? You know what? I didn't watch much didn't of the watch. Super Bowl. I watched a little bit. I only wished that it was a closer match. Yeah. Who was your team? Uh, well, my team is the Miami Dolphins, but I was cheering for uh, Kansas City because I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I, I actually liked the Bucks, I, but once he went to the Bucks and Gronk and everybody, I was just like, all right. I, I was like, I got to cheer for whoever, somebody else. So plus, why don't plus, why don't you like Tom Brady? Uh, he's from New England. He, uh, you know, he caused us so much grief, and I, I respect him as an athlete. I do. Well, he is the one who uh, had something to do with deflating the the balls before the kicker would kick, right? Yes, yes, yes. And, and what was and I, what was the what was the deal with that? Uh, I don't really remember now because it was it was what a few years ago, like four or five years ago, or uh, or and that. But I remember like there's always some controversy with them, and I just and me as an athlete, I believe in being honest and playing honestly, whether you win or lose. And and someone when in ath in athletics, when we're boasted as one of the greatest, and there's always a controversy that's tainting our championship. I kind of really don't look at those players as it's same like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. 
wire for the home run contest when they when they oh. got outed with steroids. It's like, well, you don't really have those records. You don't really have those because you don't, in my eyes, because you cheated. So you know, yeah. So so I kind of I kind of that's kind of why I stay away from a lot of that, and I just enjoy watching my sports. And then if it gets a little too crazy, I just kind of okay, you know, let's let's move on to hockey. <laughs> Well, that's well. Didn't they put an asterisk next to their records? Uh, I, those fellows doing steroids. You know what? I don't know. I thought that they were going to, but uh, you know, sometimes you get so disheartened by things because uh, when I was young, I was really, you know, obviously I'm big into sports. I love sports. I love education as well. But uh, but when you start to find out that you know a lot of records and a lot of, and then you wonder how long has this been going on and how many records and how many championships have been altered uh, by a lot of teams. And so uh, so it's like even I'm a big Houston Astros fan, and I. Was was totally I was totally heartbroken when I when uh, when they came out and said yes you know we knew the signs ahead of time and we were you know and telling our players what signs they were doing and I was just heartbroken because I was like well they finally won a championship after you know 40 years 43 years of my life and all of a sudden now it's tainted so yeah it's that's right and um, the best way to win is clean and fair yes. I'd rather lo- I'd rather lose clean and fair rather than win dirty yes i agree i agree so yeah Uh, we had we had a play years ago i remember one of my girls ran for the touchdown the parents were there and uh, everyone was so excited uh we won the game but you know what true story i had to tell the official she my girl she touched the sideline ah she was out and i and i i you know Actually, this that could be a great conversation. <laughs> do you shut up or do you, you yeah. know, the officials are the officials are part of the game, but um, but I had a different role too. I was the organizer, you know, and um, I don't know. Well, I, I don't want to get into that, but you know, that's a great that's a great topic for another show. But it, but, and, it, and it is because you look at it and you have these uh, you have these games and everyone's out there is playing the hardest and of course win lose it doesn't matter because you know it's it's just the game but at the same time you know what at what cost do you have to win the game and and I've been subject to that too I've lost games because either refs wanted to hurry up and finish the game or they were friends with somebody and it's just kind of it, it kind of takes away and that's one of the reasons why when I found your league it was just such it was just and the way the girls play and how everybody chips in and works everything it just it just felt like home because that was there's no tainted everyone seems like they're working for the same goal when you say my league it's our league Raina. yes yes miss oh, Raina, <laughs> the iwffa and um I'm, I'm glad you 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 um uh, verbalize that because it, it is different the camaraderie and uh, we've really fostered uh, teams' behaviors through the years. You know, I was the first generation flag football in my day. Our only role model was the tackle football. So, and all of my coaches were men. And always I was instructed to play tackle flag football. Hit a hard, hit a hard, take her out, take her yeah, out. Yes. And it took me some years to, to realize that our women's flag football and girls' flag football should be played with finesse and strategy that we don't have to um, ostracize our teams from each other to increase animosity so that when they meet on the field, they are fierce and angry at each other. I think I told you um, 
in the early years, we had a coach who would keep his team in the hotel rooms. They were not allowed out. And we're talking about Key West. Wow. And they were not allowed out uh, because he wanted them to be um, mean and angry on the field. So that was uh, the early culture for women's flag football. And what the IWFFA has tried to do is separate it from that tackle mentality try to establish its own, uh, try to create our own style. Every time we go to an, a, a new international country, yeah. we get closer. And uh, by the way, the women in Afghanistan are still coaching the girls flag football. And that's, uh, they are our role models at this moment. When we go to Sierra Leone, that would be another case to watch and follow because they don't have the American football in Africa and Sierra Leone, rather. And, you know, NFL, they have their European league, their, their teams. So that's why the countries that we are traveling to, Pakistan, it's, um, it's really interesting. We, I think we are really, really interesting. Anyway, I wanted to talk about this article from the Wall Street Journal. So it's, uh, it was written February 10th, and it's uh, in the sports section, Can Girls Save Football? And it says, uh, the subtitle, uh, As Tackle Participation Declines, the NFL and Nike Push to Expand Girls' Flag Football. I knew that NFL, you know, they had in the Super Bowl, they had the uh, Sarah Thomas the female official, she looked great out yes. there, by the way. You also have the female coaches in the NFL, and I think that's wonderful. Anyway, this article, it, it's very interesting. Let me just read a little bit for our listeners, okay? So I'll, I'll read two paragraphs, uh, the beginning and then in the middle. So last year, Nike reached out to two high school football powerhouses in Tampa, Florida, and sent personalized bags for each athlete stuffed with free jerseys, cleats, socks, and gloves. The shipment to Matt Hernandez, the coach for the Alonzo High Ravens, was so large that the FedEx guy asked uh, if this was a fraud situation because so many boxes were coming to the residential house. So that's how they sponsor them. They give them uh, championship teams, this type of equipment, uniforms, okay? Now, in the middle of the story, it's not a, a long story, as the U.S. high schools raise concerns over the effect of concussions, which has contributed to a 9% drop in football participation in over the decade, a loss of more than 100,000 athletes, according to the National Federation of State High School Association. That was in 2018 and 19 before a pandemic altered the season that many coaches worry will cause some players to never come back. So girls flag football is being recognized. Also, the number of females tackle players has been lowering also. We had the conversation on the show about concussions. I think we did uh, one of our first episodes that we were talking about because we, we've touched on this subject before. Yeah, so, so this is really exciting for the girls' flag football. This is very, very exciting for the IWFFA. 
You know, in the high schools, they play the uh, sevens non-contact. We play the eight-on-eight with blocking. We are very happy with the eight-on-eight rules because different skills, more skills are included in the eight-on-eight. This is what's happening right now. What do you think about the, the story? First of all, I think the story is absolutely great for, especially for women in sports. It doesn't matter even in football. It's 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 started. It's a win for all women in sports because you're sitting there and finally, not only the big juggernaut that the NFL is and Nike is, you're having two of the biggest things go after and saying, hey, you know, we're we got to start looking elsewhere because this is starting to grow and women are starting to become uh, very influential. Uh, we're starting to pop up everywhere in the vice presidency and the army i mean everywhere women are now and for so long I know that I used to watch uh, the WNBA and, and the uh, attendance used to not be always the great, greatest, especially when it uh, first started. But I think something like this where they're trying to influence women to play because it's a very exciting sport. And I know there's a stigma out there that uh, women can't play as well as men and they're not as tough. And, and that, But they've never watched women. Yeah, the women, I think I've always said that the women's flag football is much more exciting than the men's tackle. This type of notoriety for uh, flag football uh, is going to be great because, as you said, there has been a 9% drop in, in tackle football due to the concussion protocols and concussions that people are getting. And it's a very rough sport. And I know a lot of parents don't want to see their sons already injured, especially a possible brain injury at such a young age. Let's change gears. I want to let our listeners know that next year we have flag football land and we're opening up in different regions around the world. This is very different from a regular tournament. It's going to be a week filled with women's workshops focusing on flag football. You're going to tent it and it's uh, women only. There's going to be women music, women's issues, tents for different workshops, as I said women's music, women's poetry. Every position on the flag football field is going to have their specialty uh, clinics. We'll end with games, competition, women only. And so that's going to take place. Another thing is next month, March 8th, you know what day that is? March 8th. Uh, it is on like actual day or do you know what's so special about it? It's a special day. Don't look. Don't uh -oh. don't cheat. Okay. Okay. Don't cheat. Don't, don't yes, cheat. yes. You know me. I'm a nerd. I start to look things up right away. Uh, I honestly don't know March eighth. Um, I, I don't know what's what's March international 8th? International Women's Day. Oh, very nice. You, you know, yeah. Holidays blow my blow past me all the time. <laughs> so because of the COVID uh, and we didn't have the national and international teams at the Key West tournament this year, we're gonna have our uh, IWFA International Women's Flag Football Conference, March 8th. Oh, so okay. that's going to start circulating. Invitations will be announced. We'll email. We'll post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So uh, you have to be an IWFA member to join. And uh, March 8th, International Flag Football Conference. Miss Raina, we're going to end this segment. We're going to go on to the next. We're going to hear from Coach Chrissy. Pakistani women team and um, we'll be back after this message. We know being an athlete during these COVID times can be pretty rough. No playing flag football, no exercising, no socialization, no competitions. 
So the IWFFA will try to help our female flag football players get through these difficult times during the COVID period. We offer membership to the IWFFA for free, and as a member, our clinics are free. We know instruction behind a computer screen is not the same as being out there on the field, but through our webinars, we can prepare you to play, coach, and officiate flag football. And we talk about issues that are not normally spoken on the field. Our videos, photos, discussions, and explanations take you deeper into the sport so that you can have a better understanding for flag football. We offer flag football clinics to beginner players who never played before, beginner coaches who never coached before, advanced coaching clinics for coaches with years of experience. Learn how to officiate flag football and receive national certification, which is offered in Spanish and English. You can also compete in our fun team contests. Sign up three players from your team to represent your country and compete in our international team trivia contest. We've got a great monthly flag football news, emailed directly to you, filled with interesting information and keeps you updated on what's been happening with female flag football teams. Listen to our monthly show, On the Air with the IWFFA, and join in our conversations. Share your stories and opinions so you can still be part of the action. We're not on the flag football field right now, but we're here for you. The International Women's Flag Football Association. I'm here now with Coach Chrissy, mom, coaching her daughter's flag football. Chrissy, we just got to tell the audience that uh, both of us are not really in the best of moods, are we? <laughs> um, I'm not really in a friendly mood, but I'll, I'll try for this show. Yeah, it's a... Uh, <laughs> No, I'm just uh, in a funk. I was uh, telling you, um, you know, this weekend I finally took care of my toilet uh, for months. It it uh, it took a couple of flushes to get everything down. And um, I had snaked my pipes and I was going nuts. And finally I got this guy on YouTube who um, who showed me the same flush that I had. And it's, I needed a new toilet. So I, I did it all myself, you know, took the old one out, cleaned up the old wax, and uh, I ordered online this uh, nice uh, uh, special flush toilet from Home Depot. I go to pick it up. I install it, and um, it's a, realized it's a children's toilet. That's nuts. And I'm not, I'm not going to change it out. But anyway, um, <laughs> it, it might, yeah, it may turn out to be healthy. Um, uh, but who knows? But anyway, well, Coach Chris, listen, um, this is the uh, so you you coached. We had a great interview with you last year, and um, I just want to try to get a recap. Um, you're one of the, the mothers who was willing to coach her daughter flag football, not knowing how to play flag football, not knowing how to coach. And what year is this for you? How many years now have you been doing it? This was my third year. Third year. And so compared this year to last? Yeah. Um, the practices were nice. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting how you had some male coaches pop up and want to help out with some of the other teams. And then one of the gentlemen wanted to coach, help coach the Sugarloaf team because his daughter was on the team. And I realized, I don't know, I felt a certain kind of way about that. I felt like a little maybe 
threatened or like I was going to be put on the back burner. So it did make me feel like I needed to step up my game a little bit. Um, but in the end, I think we're going to embrace him and bring him on and just let's see how that flows. Well, Coach Chrissy, I got to let you know, you know, he came to me first and he wanted to coach his daughter's flag football team. And I had to explain to him now, you know, our philosophy, we want women to coach, but here's a dad willing to help. And, you know, the reason why we like to have mothers coach is because we want to create the female style of playing flag football. And we're, we're willing to teach, willing to learn. You know, the dads usually come to the field coaching tackle flag football, what they learn from tackle. But anyway, I, I said to him, it's up to you. You were the coach for the last two years and that it was your decision. So uh, I threw it on you. And uh, what did you tell him? Well, I told him, I kind of just joked with him on it, you know, and I was like, oh, don't you think you're going to be coming up in here and telling all of us what to do in this now? <laughs> <laughs> but that's really how we were feeling, right? That's what we were thinking. And he was like, really, do you guys really think I'd be able to do that with you ladies? And then he was trying to say that he, he's not a misogynist pig. And then we were giving him crap about that. We're like, oh, yeah, sure you're not. Talk to us in three years when we really get to know you. We'll tell you if you're a pig or not. That's right. That was very bold and brazen. And it was fun. But, you know, it's it's tough to be honest. But, um, you know, years ago, I think women in our positions, I'm generalizing. Of course, I'm stereotyping. And it's, and I, it's, it, I may be wrong. But, you know, I know myself years ago when I was younger, I would not be so strong. I would have uh, been submissive, mm. you know? Yeah, in the 70s, I grew up in the 70s. I mean, so how old were you in the 70s, Coach Chrissy? Um, I was born in 78. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, well, anyway, today is the 2021. So anyway, so I, you know what? I, I asked him, I says, listen, I says, you know, Coach Chrissy has had that team for the last two years I said I can give you another team and I, I I just have to say he ended up with a very tough team him and um, he had an assistant coach and these two guys kudos to them they did a phenomenal job they really coached the team like they were disciplinary problems you know, they were a wild bunch. So we have to give him credit and uh, his assistant. And he did, he did help out a lot and his family mm. helped out a lot. You know, his wife was there. She brought yeah. like little lunches and stuff for the girls. So I did feel like making a stipulation um, for the listeners here. Coach Diane also made me play on the women's team. Okay. Right. Yes. Right. So I feel like making the stipulation saying, okay, We'll allow you to coach the team with us if your wife plays on the women's division. Because she did you say that to him? I have did, not yet, but I'm okay. thinking about it. Because she seems really cool. He yeah, he is a great guy. Yeah, off the field also, he's a go getter. He helped us with a lot of our car wash and with the tournament. No, he's a great guy. He's he really is a great guy. Good for you, man. And. Uh, yeah, push her to play. So you're willing to let him help you coach the team next year if his wife plays with the women's flag football. Is that what you just said? 
Yeah, I okay. I come from a long line of men haters. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it is going to be kind of difficult for me, but I I feel like this might be like a learning moment on my end too, you know, to be able to work with him, but also be in more of a leadership position, like you said, and not be submissive and don't let him push me around. Right. Yeah, because that is a worry. Uh, because, well, from, it's a concern for me because I grew up in the 60s and the 70s, you know, and the culture was very different. You know, old uh, men could say, sweetie, honey, and it was a term of endearment. I never was offended. Today, it could be construed as offensive. I did ask you this year, Coach Chrissy, to play. I wanted you to experience what it was like to run the past patterns, to do the drills, the sweeps. You were a little reluctant. What finally brought you to the uh, women's practices? Um, well, I guess you just keep on pushing me and I was trying to give excuses and it just wasn't working. So I said, all right, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> but you had to have uh, Jennifer with you. Yes. Jennifer was your assistant coach this year. She was another mom whose daughter played on the team. Jennifer never coached, did not know how to play flag football. What was it like having Jennifer at the practices? Um, I really enjoyed having her there because uh, she's very competitive and she was, you know, wanting to learn. And so she was just, you know, kind of like eyeballing everything and like, oh, that's why we do that. Okay. And like taking notes but also giving me a different perspective on like what the girls were doing. And I don't think we should put this girl there. You know, if you're watching her, she's lazy or she's not doing that or she's not doing this. So oh. yeah, she was very observant. Okay. So she was great to have at your side at the practices. And also what an arm she had. Wow. That when I saw her arm, I said to her right away, you got to play with the women. But then during the practices, one of the practices, oh man, she injured herself. She never made it to the tournament. Right. But you did. Yep. I had to keep on going at that point. Um, but uh, you shared something with your daughter. There was a practice you didn't really want to go to, was it? Or was it the tournament or the game itself? It was the tournament. One of the oh, games boy. the tournament. So basically there was the three games and we had played, you know, two of the three and I was feeling a little bit rough, you know, I was super sore and I was kind of afraid on that third game because it was a really tough team. And I was, I was trying to, oh, and I kind of hurt my leg. I pulled a muscle or something and yeah. I didn't really want to play. And I was trying to talk to my daughter and one of her teammates who were over here about possibly not going to the game the next day. And um, my daughter, who's 12, was like, um, oh, do you want your teammates to hate you? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, maybe I can just go and support them, but not play. And she says, oh, okay, like, how are you going to pull that one off? Well, then I go and I tried to tell them, you know, like, oh, I hurt my leg. I don't think I'm going to be able to play. Well, they didn't have enough players as it was. So they looked at me like in disgust with, you know, 
like what's wrong with you are you on crutches did you go to the hospital last night what happened (laughs) and and so I was like okay fine I'll play and I'm so glad that I did not quit so that moment that you really were pushed it was social peer pressure correct (laughs) yeah and um yeah so and then you did play so how did you feel afterwards about that afterwards did you resent the uh, push were you glad you did it how did you feel I was glad that I did it and I talked to the ladies about it afterwards you know um, when we had the awards and I did thank them for not letting me quit and they were laughing they were like saying about how oh yeah we didn't give you any sympathy at all they said oh we thought about that later on and you're like oh my leg hurts (laughs) and they were just like well you're a linebacker you don't have to run all you gotta do is just stand there and push they didn't give me any sympathy whatsoever and then at the awards wasn't it a nice awards we had it was a restaurant all to ourselves it was outdoors the weather was gorgeous you were sitting there with your team and what was that like that was really fun we were cracking up and it made me realize about like what you had been saying you know about the people that you meet and the relationships that you form and the bonds and we laughed so hard and it felt so good to just crack up about ourselves you know i think that is important because when we get older we're adults we forget what it was like as kids you know in my early years i was uh, playing sports and i had missed that and as an adult i really appreciate it it's something different especially if you are not athletic you know that camaraderie the you joke about the silliest things and uh, you're friends with each everybody and I think that the more committed you are to the team you know if you if you didn't go to practice and then you played with the team and in the tournament and you know I think it's it's more meaningful when you've gone to the practices and you've um, played in the tournament especially if you have those trying moments where you really don't want to play but They pushed you to play and you were happy. I mean, it does something to you. I think it, uh, it stays with you for in your memory cells, you know, and it's uh, something that I I think it's really important for all human beings, male, female, young, old, uh, especially the older we get, because it's something that, well, where else are you going to get that experience? You know, especially with a physical game, the blocking, the kicking and all that action. So but something, Coach Chris, I think that was hysterical during the tournament that I have to share with our listeners. And that was, um, people have to understand, this was the Key West team. And, you know, here in Key West, a lot of people work two, three jobs. So they have, you know, we started play on Friday. Uh, a lot of women might be working the weekends or they were working that Friday. And the very first game we didn't have enough players on the Key West team. So we needed two more players. So I approached the loose women's team who were, they were excellent players who took the championship by the way. And uh, I asked them, I says, listen, listen, do you mind if, uh, can the Key West women borrow two players from you? And they say, <laughs> sure, sure. And normally, you know, uh, when we ask teams to borrow players, you know, they'll ask the, the women who wants to play and 
uh, that's the way it's done. But they asked us, what positions do you need? Oh, okay, I'll go ask the Key West women. I go ask the Key West women, what positions do you want? Do you need? So I go back to the loose women and I say, they're looking for a running back and a quarterback. <laughs> And the quarterback is usually, that's like, you know, when you got to borrow a quarterback for your tournament game, uh, what about, what about the plays that uh, the team's been practicing? She knows nothing. So um, anyway, that was, that was hysterical. And uh, everybody really laughed. I will never forget that. So, but you know, for me as the organizer, we had the COVID, we had to switch gears. We had to find a new field. Everything had to transition over the paperwork, the insurance, the extra work. We found out late in the game that we couldn't play the actual traditional Kelly McGillis classic because city of Key West, because of the COVID, we could not have any outside teams, none of our international or national teams could attend. We found that out December 30th. And so you were the one who really helped me. I remember I called you up and, you know, ads for the program, we were suffering. And um, just the, the girls and uh, my, my right-hand woman, and uh, you, uh, you received that Porter Wilson Award. You really were phenomenal. And uh, so I'm very grateful to you Chrissy for all these years now and in our we did a a really nice tournament video you had said some really lovely words you received the Porter Wilson award Porter Wilson is um, precious to us he was our very first sponsor and he also you know in the early years when nobody knew what flag football was you know I was traveling across the United States I would call him or Madeline up and I'd say, you know, Porter, I got, I, I, there's a, another team that I started. Could you give them the belts and flags? And he would ship them for nothing for free. I mean, flag and tag Porter Wilson, he really helped grow the women's flag football in the nineties. That was in the nineties. And um, so you are, you received that award for, um, for the 2020. So everyone should know that how wonderful. Um, and, and, um, and that's it. So. Well, you know, that was really special. That was very special that you gave me that award. I really appreciate that. You know what else was was nice though? I think uh, if if you don't mind me sharing, um, so I gave you the so you got the award when we did the girls' award, and then I said, Chrissy, Chrissy, give give me the award back. Give it back to me. Uh, let's let me present it to you at at the women's awards. So I gave it to you again at the women's awards. You do so much. That makes me feel good that you felt that I was, you know, your right hand lady. And, you know, people don't realize to be helpful. Sometimes it doesn't have to be such a huge task. Sometimes it could be the moral support. Sometimes it could be spending the day trying to solicit ads for our program, which we were very successful because of you and other things. You know, people should realize that there's different ways to help one another. With the girls night out, you know, because we had the whole COVID thing and stuff and we were trying to figure out how um, to make it work because we couldn't get the trolleys and different stuff. And I did, I mean, I felt um, like relief that I was be I was able to talk to you freely and be like, look, with COVID, parents are not wanting a carpool. They don't want any strange kids in their cars. We're going to have to do something. And then, you know, you 
did your magic and made it work and we got trolleys or we got a trolley to come pick up the girls it was very smart because uh, it worked wonderfully it picked them up at the park took them into town the girls had free pizza free ice cream they had a ghost tour this year and then uh, we took everybody back to the park it's really good when you when you can trust somebody and you could be honest with them that's for sure would you like to share anything else before we go I'm wearing my 30th anniversary t-shirt right now as we speak. Oh, isn't that nice? Hey, you know what? Coincidental? Me too. Me too. <laughs> because listen, the fabric this year, you know, we paid a little extra, but we got really nice soft fabric. Isn't it mm -hmm. comfortable? It is comfortable. Very nice design too. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're wearing it and um, I'm wearing mine. So thank you, Coach Chrissy. Listen, Mom, Coach, and uh, but next year, I guess you're going to be the expert. And uh, maybe you're going to travel to other countries, teach other moms how to coach flag football. Who knows? That would be fun. I would really enjoy that. Well, you know, we're we're waiting for COVID to get uh, to end or we're supposed to go to Sierra Leone this year and Pakistan. Do any of those countries interest you? Um, if it's a, if it's a shorter flight, probably, but I can't take long flights just cause I, on my hips. Okay. But then, but then there is also Jamaica and the Bahamas. Oh. So that is shorter. Yeah. From, from Key West, we can get it. Yes. Yeah. That's gonna, all right. We'll talk more about that when we're off there. Listen, okay. coach Chrissy, uh, mom coach, and, uh, thank you for being you for coaching the girls and, um, thanks for sharing. Thank you. And for you listeners out there, get out there and say yes and just do it. It is so fun. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to hear from our championship trivia team, women from Pakistan, after these messages. Want to start your own team or league? Would you like to learn how to officiate flag football? How about offering a players clinic in your hometown to learn how to play flag football? The IWFFA does just that. We have traveled across the United States and around the world since 1995, introducing the sport in some countries, creating new teams and leagues in others. And the IWFFA can help you. Just send an email to IWFFA at IWFFA.com. for the International Trivia Contest. And with us are the 2020 International Champions from Pakistan. Pakistan women, can we hear you? Ume, Annie, Abida. Welcome. Now, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, ladies. It didn't seem proper 
for us not to have a special acknowledgement for the Pakistan women. Your first contest was against Afghanistan. Do you remember that contest, the trivia contest against yes. the Afghani women? Yes. And you won. I think were the numbers in the positive or the negative that session? I remember one of the games, people, the teams were going the opposite direction. You know, if you answer the question correct, you get a point. And if you get it wrong, we take away a point. But anyway, you won that contest and you played against USA. And then yeah, I remember. Yeah. And then you played against team from Sweden. And in the meantime, we had another division of teams. We had El Salvador compete against Cuba. El Salvador won. Then they El Salvador competed against Jamaica and Jamaica won. And that was your championship game for 2020 against those Jamaican women. So I'd like to hear from each of you. Ume. Yes, it was uh, actually amazing experience. I think that type of competition uh, also helped us to increase our knowledge and also the fun matter. And uh, uh, one one advantage for me is that that I am a biologist and I think two or three questions are included uh, from the biology. So that's the advantage for me and bad luck for other women from the uh, competing team. So Ume, I thought... So, uh, yeah, it was good experience. So you're you're the, you're a biologist. Yes. And didn't we have a um, chemist on the team? Yes. Yeah. It. I think it was Abda. You are a chemist. No, I am a commerce student. Okay. You're you're a student. No, I, I am you... a biologist. Okay, so Umet, you ladies, uh, so your background is uh, biology then. And uh, Annie, what's your background, by the way? How was the exp how was it for the, you, these games? That was really fun. That was very, you know, uh, means we we have learned many things from these uh, these uh, this type of competitions and means we don't we knows about the country the other countries and what are what are going um, there and means that was uh, kind fun and uh, of course a knowledgeable game you can say this yeah well that uh, I, and you know it's these are still COVID times so it was something to yeah. take the place of our competitions now last year. IWFFA was to travel to Pakistan, but we couldn't because of the COVID. So right now yes, we are, we're geared up. We're ready to go. There's uh, myself and another trainer planning to come to Pakistan. We're just waiting for the door to open up. And uh, you, oh, ladies, you ladies. Most welcome. We really, we are really waiting for you that when will you come here and we'll, you know, so that will be a very uh, great time. We'll, we'll have a great fun with you. Well, so we are waiting for you. I will definitely have a lot of fun. It's Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting all of you. And now, for all your hard work, your knowledge, your patience, you've won a car, a house, a trip around the world, a yacht, a dog, a million dollars, and you thought you were going to win a bumper sticker. Well, that wraps up another On the Air with the IWFFA show. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed our conversations. 
Let us know if you'd like to be on the next show. Contact us by email, IWFFA at IWFFA.com. The IWFFA offers tournaments, clinics, webinars for all levels of flag football throughout the year, exclusively for females. Keep updated with flag football news each month through our monthly IWFFA flag football news email directly to you. If you'd like to receive our flag football news, send us your email. Our website is IWFFA.com. And if you're not already a member, sign up today. Support the organization that supports you. We'll be here next month, the third Thursday of each month at 9 p.m. Eastern Time Zone. On the air with the IWFFA.
Welcome to our broadcast, On the Air with the IWFFA, a show brought to you by the International Women's Flag Football Association, supporting female flag football from around the world for all ages and skill levels, and hosted by Women's Football Talk. We use this show to unite and empower female flag football players by listening and sharing, along with special guests and players from around the world who will share their flag football stories and experiences. On the Air with the IWFFA airs on the third Thursday of each month, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, which you can download from our website, IWFFA.com. We thank our sponsors for making the show possible, and you too can support us by advertising or becoming a show sponsor. Contact us today. Our email is IWFFA at IWFFA.com. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to the IWFFA on the air with the IWFFA. I'm Diane Barrelson, your host, along with Miss Raina. MJ's not able to join us for this month's show. And Miss Raina, how are you this evening? Hello, Diane. I'm doing wonderful. It's so good to be back. How are you? It's been a while, hasn't it? It it's has. Been, yeah, we had, well, we had the holidays. We had the Key West tournament that kept me busy. You know, I took off a few weeks because I have been so busy from December all the way through January and into February. I have just, I needed a break. And you know, it's it feels so good to relax and do nothing for the past two weeks. So actually, as of right now, absolutely nothing. Okay, good for you. I'm just uh, winding down from the Key West tournament. You know, I hesitate to call it the Kelly McGillis Classic. What happened was because of the COVID, City of Key West did not want to have any special events you oh, know they okay. um as a matter of fact they um uh anyone knows florida keys it's like a long stretch of islands and uh, they actually closed the gate uh, just south of um north of key largo oh. but anyway so uh, yeah they were pretty so key west has been very responsible in that regards so um we could not have our national and international team so what i did was we did have a tournament and it was the local teams so we had 13 teams we had five girls teams they were from the ages 9 to 11 however uh, we do have we did have some girls as young as 7 then we had our juniors from 12 to 15 years old and then we had the women's division so uh, we had four teams in that category four juniors five girls teams and it was wonderful but it's amazing the, the the amount of work now it's uh two weeks after the event was played and i'm still cleaning up i'm still trying to close up the um the tournament you know so um organizers understand all the work that has to be put in and um but i'm coming down i'm uh, starting to get some free time and it was it was wonderful for us. We um, we ended up playing the games uh, outside of Key West, the next island over, which was um, Stock Island. Okay. And the and the field, unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. The field is right across the street from my house. Oh wow! So you just had to wake up and walk right over. <laughs> uh, that's basically what I did. <laughs> and if, and if I forgot anything, not to worry, I'll just go walk over across the street with my wheelbarrow. So that was that was really nice. And then we still had the same structure. You know, we had the social events. We had a screening for the documentary produced by Kristen Carroll called A League of Our Own. Okay. Now, did, 
I had emailed everyone, all of our members, about the documentary screening. Did you get to see a little bit about it, the uh, the little clip, the promo? I, I did, and I absolutely loved it. I think it was very powerful in the message that was stated, and uh, it was one. Of, it was done very well, and I think it, it, it is really good that our sport, and especially for women in flag football, it's it's. I, I really hope this documentary does well for it. Well, it starred Kelly McGillis, Diana Nyad, myself, and women who are listening to our uh, radio show should know that uh, they're welcome to also be a part of it. We're looking for women who have had a big stake in women's flag football. So they should contact the IWFFA. Just email us. I'll give you the email address right now, IWFFA at IWFFA.com. I should explain a, a little bit more about it. You know that, first of all, the IWFFA is a woman's organization first that uses the sport of flag football, and it made that distinction. You know, in the mid-1800s, the women's suffrage movement had unified countries around the world to fight for the right to vote. And it took probably about 50, 60, 70 years. And um, do you know what country was the first to give women the rights to vote? Uh, I do not. Didn't I, I, I didn't ask you that question no, before. No, no, you, you never, you never have. I know we, I know women's suffrage, I know, uh, and that it started to take place and that, but uh, I was not aware of the first uh, country. Well, the last, for regarding the United States, the last state to ratify women's right to vote, which was the 19th Amendment, was Florida. Florida always seems to be very late to do things like that, but we were smart, we would Google the answer. Are you are you able to Google it? The first I, I can Google anything. So uh, the first women's suffrage or the first first country to give the women the rights to vote. Uh, the first country to grant women's suffrage was in New Zealand in uh, 1893. Australia, it says 1902. Finland came around in 1906. And uh, yeah, it just goes on all the way through in America didn't go all America doesn't even make the top 15 list. <laughs> no, no, that I know they had a couple of states, a few states where women were allowed to vote, but um, so New Zealand was the first country. Yes. Okay, kudos, kudos to New Zealand. Yes. Um, so anyway, back to the documentary, very well done. We had a screening at the Key West tournament and people can look at our itinerary of the events and uh, Click on the link to see the uh, promo for the documentary. Very nicely done. Um, and so Kelly McGillis explains how I approached her, asking to use her name for the Kelly McGillis Classic, that uh, the tournament in Key West. That was the largest women's flag football tournament in 2001 with 48 teams. And Diana Nyad, you know who Diana Nyad is, yes? Uh, I'm not sure. Can you refresh? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She was 62 years old. She was a, a record holder swimmer, and uh, she had tried several times to swim freestyle from Cuba to Key West. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I yeah. I remember her, yeah. But, wow. but what, was, what was so special was that she did it. She finally, uh, after uh, several attempts, uh, at the age of 62, man, and when she came on to the shores of Key West, 
uh, oh, she looked, she looked, uh, whoa, her lips, her face, you know, in the water. She <laughs> took a brutal, yeah. she really took a brutal beating physically and she did it. But she said three things that was so inspiring. One of them was 62 years old. You're never too old. Yes. And that's what the, that, that rings in my ear. And um, she gave a beautiful um, talk. Uh, interview rather for the uh, documentary so uh, we should tell our listeners uh, keep your head out uh, and ears up for the uh, documentary when the full length comes out next month by the way um, oh so also uh, at the uh, tournament we had the three different divisions and for the girls juniors and the women and then for the awards you know last year because of the covid all of our tournaments after key west uh, were not able to be played we couldn't we could not travel for our promotional tour to then to um, sierra leone africa or pakistan we'll travel this year by the way especially anticipating that things are going to open up with the uh, vaccination how do you feel about the covid with the vaccination coming out Oh, well, uh, oh, that's a tough one, because I, I personally don't believe in vaccines. Uh, I, you know, and I don't want to get into that subject, because we can go a mile long and everything like that. But I know there are people that believe it. I, I you know me, I, I do I, I'm healthy. So I, I build I believe in building the immune system. So I, I try not to get involved in that. But I think a lot of people need that because you know, the way our society is so. Yeah, well, uh... I don't like vaccinations either, but um, I do want to travel. I know that they're going to have those regulations. International travelers for sure will have to show that they've had the vaccination. So I'm 61. Too bad I wasn't 65 because then I'd be able to get the vaccination now. Oh, you know, yeah, they're giving it to. Is that the cutout or is that the the stipulation right now? You got to be 65 or older to get it? Well, a healthcare worker, you know, if you have a profession um, in an area, school teachers, I believe. Uh, and if you're 65 years old, I know people, that is my age group. Yes. Friends of mine are getting those vaccinations. Okay. So, so it's happening. We played all of our tournament games with the masks on. Oh, well, how, how, that's got to be hard because I know I have a hard time breathing. I'm just walking around. <laughs> so how, how did the girls fare with that? Well, I tell you, uh, first of all, it was third weekend, January, so it was not so hot. Actually, it was beautiful weather. We re- You know, this Key West tournament, it's the perfect time of year, not too hot and uh, definitely not cold. Um, so that helped. But we encourage, I encourage the players to use the buff. Now, the buff is not like the um, 95 masks that are thicker and much more preventable you know for the covid but by wearing it the buff uh you could it's easier to breathe i wore it throughout you know i didn't play i was uh, one of the officials and so it really was not a problem at all not a problem at all and by the way for all of our practices we my girls we have the uh masks on so it was okay But now I want to, um, so it was a wonderful tournament. We had our social events, girls night out and the women, uh, we had our events at the awards. It was really lovely, you know, with the four women's teams, it was more intimate 
We were friendly with each other. I love the camaraderie. So last year, because we only base our awards according to the Key West Tournament, the Kelly McGillis Classic 2020. So I'd like to just announce for you our special awards, uh, our Sports Women Award for North America region goes to Michelle Rizzuto. She's from Blue Wave, phenomenal athlete. Uh, she also competes uh, in the IWFFA tournaments for many years. Great, great athlete. We've got a couple of photos from her. Uh, she was on one of our covers. She is has just scored a touchdown. Her hands are up in the air. One of the best action shot photos we have. Anyway, for the Latin American region, IWFFA Sportswoman Award goes to our very own MJ Maria Egugere. Oh, very nice. Very now, listen, nice. you have, you've seen MJ in action. Do yes. You, yes, because yes. Uh, she also came to the um, P-Town tournament in 2019. You know, she played on the loose women's team. Yes. And um, that P-Town loose women's team is really very special. We get plenty of women. And the age range is huge. It is from 16 years old to... 72 years old, you know, God bless Maureen. Maureen is our oldest uh, flag football player. She's still playing. And um, so MJ comes on the team. You know how wonderful it is when you get someone, uh, an athlete like MJ for a team that has older players. Yes, absolutely. You know what? You know what everyone was saying in the huddle? Give MJ the ball. <laughs> Just have her run constantly, right? <laughs> Give MJ the ball. Give MJ the ball. <laughs> She's a phenomenal athlete. And um, yeah, she won all the awards uh, that year. And last year she was in Key West uh, as well. And um, Sports Girl goes to Emily Kano. Emily is uh, a young um lady uh 13 years old from key west she is a phenomenal player she started playing at an early pl age you know i had started the uh, girls flag football about 12 years ago and um, this year we had actually longer than 12 years ago in the late 90s 99 i had started the girls flag football and uh one of the four women's local teams that competed in the tournament this year was the girls who I first coached. They were called the Bahama Mamas. And they were the RSTN Sosa team. They had competed in the tournament. They were very good athletes. And they were, the seed that was planted is fruiting. And so now in Key West, the Florida Keys, actually, we have lots of women who've played flag football at a younger age. Oh, very so that, yeah. So that was really nice to see. And uh, Porter Wilson award. Do you remember last year we had a interview with a mom coach, Christy Artiga? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. Great, great interview. Uh, the woman didn't know how to play flag football. She uh, never coached before and she was a great mom flag football coach. We're going to bring her on later on to the show to tell us how the second year as a mom coach went for her. She received the Porter Wilson Award ah, because nice. of, yeah, because of her efforts with the uh, girls flag football program in the Florida Keys. Uh, she was um, a powerhouse for sure. So she was the recipient for the Porter Wilson. 
And let me just explain to people that um, if you have anyone, male, female, in your league, in your area, who has done the most for girls or women's flag football, please nominate them. Explain why you feel they would should receive the Porter Wilson Award. That's our most prestigious award. Send it to us by November of the end of this year. And they may very well be recognized as the Porter Wilson recipient. Uh, Porter Wilson, of course, was the fellow who invented the belts and flags. By the way, he's also included in the documentary. Oh, I, I didn't see that, but well, you saw the promo, but the the, the, uh, oh, the, oh, the screening the screening is uh, it shows you what the piece. It was supposed to be a short piece, a short documentary. It ended up being so good that they're making it a full length. So that tells you about the work and the production by Kristen Carroll and the um, LMC group, uh, Melissa, her assistant, and um, other women who worked really hard, fact-finding, history. So again, that's a league of our own. That's a phenomenal documentary that's going to come out uh, very soon. By the way, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did watch the Super Bowl. Who were you cheering for? You know what? I didn't watch much of the Super Bowl. I watched a little bit. I only wished that it was a closer match. Who was your team? Uh, Well, my team is the Miami Dolphins, but I was cheering for uh, Kansas City because I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I, I actually like the Bucks, I, uh, but once he went to the Bucks and Gronk and everybody, I was just like, all right. I, I was like, I got to cheer for whoever, somebody else. So plus, why don't plus, why don't you like Tom Brady? Uh, he's from New England. He, uh, you know, he caused us so much grief, and I, I respect him as an athlete. I do. Well, he is the one who uh, had something to do with deflating the the balls before the kicker would kick, right? Yes, yes, yes. And, and what was I, what was the what was the deal with that? Uh, I don't really remember now because it was it was what a few years ago, like four or five years ago, or uh, or and that. But I remember like there's always some controversy with them, and I just and me as an athlete, I believe in being honest and playing honestly, whether you win or lose. And and someone when in ath in athletics, when we're boasted as one of the greatest, and there's always a controversy that's tainting our championship. I kind of really don't look at those players as it's same like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire for the home run contest when they when they oh. got outed with steroids it's like well you don't really have those records you don't really have those because you don't in my eyes because you cheated so you know yeah. so so I kind of I kind of that's kind of why I stay away from a lot of that and I just enjoy watching my sports and then if it gets a little too crazy I just kind of okay you know let's let's move on to hockey <laughs> well that's well didn't they put an asterisk next to their records uh, I, those fellows doing steroids. You know what? I don't know. I thought that they were going to, but uh, you know, sometimes you get so disheartened by things because uh, when I was young, I was really, you know, obviously I'm big into sports. I love sports. I love education as well. But, uh, but when you start to find out that, you know, a lot of records and a lot of, and then you wonder how long has this been going on and how many records and how many championships have been altered uh, by a lot of teams. And so, uh, so it's like, even I'm a big Houston Astros fan and I was, was totally I was totally heartbroken when I when uh, when they came out and said yes you know we knew the signs ahead of time and we were you know and telling our players what signs they were doing and I was just heartbroken because I was like well they finally won a championship after you know 40 years 43 years of my life and all of a sudden now it's tainted so 
Yeah, it's that's right. And um, the best way to win is clean and fair. Yes. I'd rather lo- I'd rather lose clean and fair rather than win dirty. Yes, I agree. I yeah. agree. So yeah, uh, we had we had a play years ago. I remember one of my girls ran for the touchdown. The parents were there, and uh, everyone was so excited. Uh, we won the game. But you know what? True story. I had to tell the official. She, my girl, her, she touched the sideline. Ah, uh. she was out. And I, and I, I, you know, actually, this that could be a great conversation. <laughs> do you shut up, or do you, you yeah. know, the officials up? The officials are part of the game, but um, but I had a different role too. I was the organizer, you know, and um, I don't know. Well, I, I don't want to get into that, but you know, that's a great that's a great topic for another show. But it but um, and, it, and it is because you look at it and you have these uh, you have these games and everyone's out there is playing the hardest and of course win lose it doesn't matter because you know it's it's just the game but at the same time you know what at what cost do you have to win the game and and I've been subject to that too I've lost games because either refs wanted to hurry up and finish the game or they were friends with somebody and it's just kind of it, it kind of takes away and that's one of the reasons why when I found your league it was just such it was just and the way the girls play and how everybody chips in and works everything it just it just felt like home because that was there's no tainted everyone seems like they're working for the same goal when you say my league it's our league Raina. yes yes miss oh, Raina, <laughs> the iwffa and um I'm, I'm glad you 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 um uh, verbalize that because it it is different the camaraderie and uh, we've really fostered uh, teams' behaviors through the years. You know, I was the first generation flag football in my day. Our only role model was the tackle football. So, and all of my coaches were men. And always I was instructed to play tackle flag football. Hit a hard, hit a hard, take her out, take her yeah, out. Yes. And it took me some years to, to realize that our women's flag football and girls' flag football should be played with finesse and strategy that we don't have to um, ostracize our teams from each other to increase animosity so that when they meet on the field, they are fierce and angry at each other. I think I told you um, in the early years, we had a coach who would keep his team in the hotel rooms. They were not allowed out. And we're talking about Key West. Wow. And they were not allowed out. Uh, because he wanted them to be uh, mean and angry on the field. So that was uh, the early culture for women's flag football. And what the IWFFA has tried to do is separate it from that tackle mentality, try to establish its own, uh, try to create our own style. Every time we go to an, a, a new international country, yeah. we get closer. And uh, by the way, the women in Afghanistan are still coaching the girls flag football. And that's uh, they are our role models at this moment. When we go to Sierra Leone, that would be another case to watch and follow because they don't have the American football in Africa and Sierra Leone rather. And, you know, NFL, they have their European league their their teams. So that's why the countries that we are traveling to Pakistan it's um, it's really interesting. We I think we are really really interesting. Anyway, 
I wanted to talk about this article from the Wall Street Journal. So it's uh, it was written February 10th, and it's uh, in the sports section, Can Girls Save Football? And it says uh, the subtitle, uh, As Tackle Participation Declines, the NFL and Nike Push to Expand Girls' flag football. I knew that NFL, you know, they had in the Super Bowl, they had the uh, Sarah Thomas, the female official. She looked great out there, by the way. You also have the female coaches in the NFL. And I think that's wonderful. Anyway, this article, it's very interesting. Let me just read a little bit for our listeners. Okay. So I'll, I'll read two paragraphs, uh, the beginning and then in the middle. So last year, Nike reached out to two high school football powerhouses in Tampa, Florida, and sent personalized bags for each athlete stuffed with free jerseys, cleats, socks, and gloves. The shipment to Matt Hernandez, coach for the Alonzo High Ravens, was so large that the FedEx guy asked uh, if this was a fraud situation because so many boxes were coming to the residential house. So that's how they sponsor them. They give them... Uh, championship teams, this type of equipment, uniforms, okay? Now, in the middle of the story, it's not a a long story. As the U.S. high schools raise concerns over the effect of concussions, which has contributed to a 9% drop in football participation in over the decade, a loss of more than 100,000 athletes, according to the National Federation of State High School Association. That was in 2018 and 19 before a pandemic altered the season that many coaches worry will cause some players to never come back. So girls flag football is being recognized. Also, the number of females tackle players has been lowering also. We had the conversation on the show about concussions. I think we did uh, one of our first episodes that we were talking about because we, we've touched on this subject before. Yeah, so, so this is really exciting for the girls flag football. This is very, very exciting for the IWFFA. You know, in the high schools, they played the uh, sevens non-contact. We play the eight-on-eight with blocking. We are very happy with the eight-on-eight rules because different skills, more skills are included in the eight-on-eight. This is what's happening right now. What do you think about the, the story? I, first of all, I think the story is absolutely great, for, especially for women in, in sports. It doesn't matter even in football. It's, 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 started, it's a win for all women in sports because you're sitting there and finally, not only the big juggernaut that the NFL is and Nike is, you're having two of the biggest things go after and saying, hey, you know, we're, we got to start looking elsewhere because this is starting to grow and women are starting to become uh, very influential. Uh, we're starting to pop up everywhere in the vice presidency and the army i mean everywhere women are now and for so long I know that I used to watch uh, the WNBA and, and the uh, attendance used to not be always the greatest, greatest especially when it uh, first started. But I think something like this where they're trying to influence women to play because it's a very exciting sport. And I know there's a stigma out there that uh, women can't play as well as men and they're not as tough. and, and that. But they've never watched women. Yeah, the women, I think, I've always said, 
that the women's flag football is much more exciting than the men's tackle. This type of notoriety for uh, flag football uh, is going to be great because, as you said, there has been a 9% drop in, in tackle football due to the concussion protocols and concussions that people are getting. And it's a very rough sport. And I know a lot of parents don't want to see their sons already injured, especially a possible brain injury at such a young age. Let's change gears. I want to let our listeners know that next year we have flag football land and we're opening up in different regions around the world. This is very different from a regular tournament. It's going to be a week filled with women's workshops focusing on flag football. You're going to tent it and it's uh, women only. There's going to be women music, women's issues, tents for different workshops, as I said, women's music, women's poetry. Every position on the flag football field is going to have their specialty uh, clinics. We'll end with games, competition, women only. And so that's going to take place. Another thing is next month, March 8th, you know what day that is? March 8th. Uh, it is on like actual day or do you know what's so special about it? It's a special day. Don't look. Don't uh -oh. don't cheat. Okay. Okay. Don't cheat. Yes, yes. You know me. I'm a nerd. I start to look things up right away. Uh, I honestly don't know March eighth. Um, I, I don't know what's what's March international 8th? International Women's Day. Oh, very nice. You, you know, yeah. Holidays blow my blow past me all the time. <laughs> so because of the COVID uh, and we didn't have the national and international teams at the Key West tournament this year, we're gonna have our. Uh, IWFFA International Women's Flag Football Conference, March 8th. Oh, so okay. that's going to start circulating. Invitations will be announced. We'll email. We'll post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So uh, you have to be an IWFFA member to join. And uh, March 8th, International Flag Football Conference. Miss Raina, we're going to end this segment. We're going to go on to the next. We're going to hear from Coach Chrissy. Pakistani women team, and um, we'll be back after this message. We know being an athlete during these COVID times can be pretty rough. No playing flag football, no exercising, no socialization, no competitions. So the IWFFA will try to help our female flag football players get through these difficult times during the COVID period. We offer membership to the IWFFA for free, and as a member, our clinics are free. We know instruction behind a computer screen is not the same as being out there on the field, but through our webinars, we can prepare you to play, coach, and officiate flag football. And we talk about issues that are not normally spoken on the field. Our videos, photos, discussions, and explanations take you deeper into the sport so that you can have a better understanding for flag football. We offer flag football clinics to beginner players who never played before, beginner coaches who never coached before, advanced coaching clinics for coaches with years of experience. Learn how to officiate flag football and receive national certification, which is offered in Spanish and English. You can also compete in our fun team contests. Sign up three players from your team to represent your country and compete in our international team trivia contest. We've got a great monthly flag football news emailed directly to you, filled with interesting information and keeps you updated on what's been happening with female flag football teams. Listen to our monthly show, On the Air with the IWFFA, 
and join in our conversations. Share your stories and opinions so you can still be part of the action. We're not on the flag football field right now, but we're here for you. The International Women's Flag Football Association. I'm here now with Coach Chrissy, mom, coaching her daughter's flag football. Chrissy, we just got to tell the audience that uh, both of us are not really in the best of moods, are we? <laughs> um, I'm not really in a friendly mood, but I'll, I'll try for this show. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just uh, in a funk. I was uh, telling you, um, you know, this weekend I finally took care of my toilet uh, for months. It, it, uh, it took a couple of flushes to get everything down and um, I had snaked my pipes and I was going nuts. And finally I got this guy on YouTube who, um, who showed me the same flush that I had and it's, I needed a new toilet. So I, I did it all myself, you know, took the old one out, cleaned up the old wax. And uh, I ordered online this uh, nice, uh, a special flush toilet from Home Depot. I go to pick it up. I install it and um, it's realized it's a children's toilet. That's nuts. And I'm not, I'm not going to change it out, but anyway, um, <laughs> it, it might, yeah, it may turn out to be healthy. Um, uh, but who knows? But anyway, well, coach Chris, listen, um, this is the, uh, so you, you coached, we had a great interview with you last year and um, I just want to try to get a recap. Um, you're one of the, the mothers who was willing to coach her daughter flag football, not knowing how to play flag football, not knowing how to coach. And what year is this for you? How many years now have you been doing it? This was my third year. Third year. And so compared this year to last year. Yeah. Um, the practices were nice. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting how you had some male coaches pop up and want to help out with some of the other teams. And then one of the gentlemen wanted to coach, help coach the Sugarloaf team because his daughter was on the team. And I realized, I don't know, I felt a certain kind of way about that. I felt like a little maybe threatened or like I was going to be put on the back burner. So it did make me feel like I needed to step up my game a little bit. Um, but in the end, I think we're going to embrace him and bring him on and just let's see how that flows. Well, Coach Chrissy, I got to let you know, you know, he came to me first and he wanted to coach his daughter's flag football team. And I had to explain to him Now you know, our philosophy, we want women to coach. But here's a dad willing to help. And, you know, the reason why we like to have mothers coach is because we want to create the female style of playing flag football. And we're, we're willing to teach, willing to learn. You know, the dads usually come to the field coaching tackle flag football, what they learn from tackle. But anyway, I, I said to him, it's up to you. You were the coach for the last two years and that it was your decision. So uh, I threw it on you. And uh, what did you tell him? Well, I told him, I kind of just joked with him on it, you know, and I was like, oh, don't you think you're going to be coming up in here and telling all of us what to do in this now? <laughs> <laughs> but that's really how we were feeling, right? That's what we were thinking. 
And he was like, really, do you guys really think I'd be able to do that with you ladies? And then he was trying to say that he, he's not a misogynist pig. And then we were giving him crap about that. We're like, oh yeah, sure you're not. Talk to us in three years when we really get to know you. We'll tell you if you're a pig or not. That's right. That was very bold and brazen. And it was fun. But, you know, it's it's tough to be honest. But, um, you know, years ago, I think women in our positions, I'm generalizing, of course, I'm stereotyping. And it's, and I, it's, it, I may be wrong. But, you know, I know myself years ago, when I was younger, I would not be so strong. I would have uh, been submissive, mm. you know? Yeah, in the 70s. I grew up in the 70s. I mean, so how old were you in the 70s, Coach Chrissy? Um, I was born in 78. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, well, anyway, today is the 2021. So anyway, so I, you know what? I, I asked him, I says, listen, I says, you know, Coach Chrissy has had that team for the last two years I said I can give you another team and I, I I just have to say he ended up with a very tough team him and uh, he had an assistant coach and these two guys kudos to them they did a phenomenal job they really coached the team like they were disciplinary problems you know, they were a wild bunch. So we have to give him credit and uh, his assistant. And he did, he did help out a lot and his family mm. helped out a lot. You know, his wife was there. She bought yeah. like little lunches and stuff for the girls. So I did feel like making a stipulation um, for the listeners here. Coach Diane also made me play on the women's team. Okay. Right. Yes. Right. So I feel like making the stipulation saying, okay, We'll allow you to coach the team with us if your wife plays on the women's division. Because she did you say that to him? I have not yet, but I'm thinking about it because she seems really cool. He yeah, he is a great guy. Yeah, off the field also, he's a go getter. He helped us with a lot of our car wash and with the tournament. No, he's a great guy. He's he really is a great guy. Good for you, man. And uh, yeah, push her to play. So you're willing to let him help you coach the team next year if his wife plays with the women's flag football is that what you just said yeah I okay. I come from a long line of men haters <laughs> oh yeah so it is going to be kind of difficult for me but I I feel like this might be like a learning moment on my end too you know to be able to work with him but also be in more of a leadership position like you said and not be submissive and don't let him push me around Right. Yeah, because that is a worry. Uh, because, well, from, it's a concern for me because I grew up in the 60s and the 70s, you know, and the culture was very different. You know, old uh, men could say, sweetie, honey, and it was a term of endearment. I never was offended. Today, it could be construed as offensive. I did ask you this year, Coach Chrissy, to play. I wanted you to experience what it was like to run the pass patterns, to do the drills, the sweeps. You were a little reluctant. What finally brought you to the uh, women's practices? Um, well, I guess you just keep on pushing me and I was trying to give excuses and it just wasn't working. So I said, all right, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> but you had to have uh, Jennifer with you. Yes. Jennifer was your assistant coach this year. 
She was another mom whose daughter played on the team. Jennifer never coached, did not know how to play flag football. What was it like having Jennifer at the practices? Um, I really enjoyed having her there because uh, she's very competitive and she was, you know, wanting to learn. And so she was just, you know, kind of like eyeballing everything and like, oh, that's why we do that. Okay. And like taking notes, but also giving me a different perspective on like what the girls were doing. And I don't think we should put this girl there. You know, if you're watching her, she's lazy or she's not doing that or she's not doing this. So- Yeah, she was very observant. Okay, so she was great to have at your side at the practices. And also, what an arm she had. Wow. that When I saw her arm, I said to her right away, you got to play with the women. But then during the practices, one of the practices, oh man, she injured herself. She never made it to the tournament. Right. But you did. Yep, I had to keep on going at that point. Um, But uh, you shared something with your daughter. There was a practice you didn't really want to go to, was it? Or was it the tournament or the game itself? It was the tournament, one of the games, the tournament. So basically there was the three games and we had played, you know, two of the three. And I was feeling a little bit rough, you know, I was super sore. And I was kind of afraid on that third game because... It was a really tough team and I was, I was trying to, oh, and I kind of hurt my leg. I pulled a muscle or something and I didn't really want to play. And I was trying to talk to my daughter and one of her teammates who were over here about possibly not going to the game the next day. And, um, my daughter who's 12 was like, um, oh, do you want your teammates to hate you? Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I can just go and support them, but not play. And she says, oh, okay. Like, how are you going to pull that one off? Well, then I go and I tried to tell them, you know, like, oh, I hurt my leg. I don't think I'm going to be able to play. Well, they didn't have enough players as it was. So they looked at me like in disgust with, you know, like, what's wrong with you? Are you on crutches? Did you go to the hospital last night? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> and and so I was like, okay, fine, I'll play. And I'm so glad that I did not quit. So that moment that you really were pushed, it was social peer pressure, correct? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so, and then you did play. So how did you feel afterwards about that afterwards? Did you resent the uh, push were you glad you did it how did you feel I was glad that I did it and I talked to the ladies about it afterwards you know um, when we had the awards and I did thank them for not letting me quit and they were laughing they were like saying about how oh yeah we didn't give you any sympathy at all they said oh we thought about that later on and you're like oh my leg hurts (laughs) and they were just like well, you're a linebacker. You don't have to run. All you got to do is just stand there and push. They didn't give me any sympathy whatsoever. And then at the awards, wasn't it a nice awards we had? It was a restaurant all to ourselves. It was outdoors. The weather was gorgeous. You were sitting there with your team. And what was that like? That was really fun. We were cracking up. 
And it made me realize about like what you had been saying, you know, about the people that you meet and the relationships that you form and the bonds. And we laughed so hard and it felt so good to just crack up about ourselves. You know, I think that is important because when we get older, we're adults, we forget what it was like as kids. You know, in my early years, I was uh, playing sports and I had missed that. And as an adult, I really appreciate it. It's something different, especially if you are not athletic. You know, that camaraderie, the, the you joke about the silliest things and uh, you're friends with each everybody. And I think that the more committed you are to the team, you know, if you, if you didn't go to practice and then you played with the team and in the tournament and, you know, I think it's, it's more meaningful when you've gone to the practices and you've um, played in the tournament, especially if you have those trying moments where you really don't want to play, but they pushed you to play and you were happy. I mean, it does something to you. I think it uh, it stays with you for in your memory cells, you know, and it's yeah. uh, something that I, I think it's really important for all human beings, male, female, young, old, uh, especially the older we get, because it's something that, well, where else are you going to get that experience, you know, especially with a physical game, the blocking, the kicking and the, all that action. So but something, Coach Chris, I think that was hysterical during the tournament that I have to share with our listeners, and that was um, people have to understand this was the Key West team. And, you know, here in Key West, a lot of people work two, three jobs. So they have, you know, we started play on Friday. Uh, a lot of women might be working the weekends or they were working that Friday. And the very first game we didn't have enough players on the Key West team. So we needed two more players. So I approached the loose women's team who were, they were excellent players who took the championship, by the way. And uh, I asked them, I says, listen, listen, do you mind if, uh, can the Key West women borrow two players from you? And they said, <laughs> sure, sure. And normally, you know, uh, when we ask teams to borrow players, you know, they'll ask the, the women who wants to play and uh, that's the way it's done. But they asked us, what positions do you need? Oh, okay. I'll go ask the Key West women. I go ask the Key West women, what positions do you want? Do you need? So I go back to the loose women and I say, they're looking for a running back and a quarterback. <laughs> and the quarterback is usually, that's like, you know, when you got to borrow a quarterback for your tournament game, uh, what about what about the plays that uh, the team's been practicing? She knows nothing. So um, anyway, that was that was hysterical, and uh, everybody really laughed. I will never forget that. So, but you know, for me as the organizer, we had the COVID. We had to switch gears. We had to find a new field. Everything had to transition over. The paperwork, the insurance, the extra work. We found out late in the game that we couldn't play the actual traditional Kelly McGillis classic because City of Key West, because of the COVID, we could not have any outside teams. None of our international or national teams could attend. We found that out December 30th. And so you were the one who really helped me. I remember I called you up and, you know, ads for the program, we were suffering. And um, just the, the girls and uh, my, my right-hand woman and uh, 
you uh, you received that Porter Wilson Award. You really were phenomenal. And uh, so I'm very grateful to you, Chrissy, for all these years now. And in our, we did a, a really nice tournament video. You had said some really lovely words. You received the Porter Wilson Award. Porter Wilson is um, precious to us. He was our very first sponsor. A and he also, you know, in the early years when nobody knew what flag football was, you know, I was traveling across the United States. I would call him or Madeline up and I'd say, you know, Porter, I got, I, I, there's a, another team that I started. Could you give them the belts and flags? And he would ship them for nothing, for free. I mean, flag and tag Porter Wilson, he really helped grow the women's flag football in the 90s. That was in the 90s. And um, so you are, you received that award for, um, for the 2020. So everyone should know that, how wonderful um and and um and that's it so well you know, that was thank really you. special that was very special that you gave me that award i really appreciate that you know what else was was nice though i think uh, if if you don't mind me sharing um so i gave you the so you got the award when we did the girls award and then i said chrissy chrissy give give me the award back give it back to me uh, let's let me present it to you at, at the women's awards so i gave it to you again at the women's awards you do so much that makes me feel good that you felt that I was, you know, your right hand lady. And, you know, people don't realize to be helpful. Sometimes it doesn't have to be such a huge task. Sometimes it could be the moral support. Sometimes it could be spending the day trying to solicit ads for our program, which we were very successful because of you and other things. You know, people should realize that there's different ways to help one another. With the girls night out, you know, because we had the whole COVID thing and stuff and we were trying to figure out how um, to make it work because we couldn't get the trolleys and different stuff. And I did, I mean, I felt um, like relief that I was, be, I was able to talk to you freely and be like, look, with COVID, parents are not wanting a carpool. They don't want any strange kids in their cars. We're going to have to do something. And then, you know, you did your magic and made it work and we got trolleys or we got a trolley to come pick up the girls it was very smart because uh, it worked wonderfully it picked them up at the park took them into town the girls had free pizza free ice cream they had a ghost tour this year and then uh, we took everybody back to the park it's really good when you when you can trust somebody and you could be honest with them that's for sure would you like to share anything else before we go I'm wearing my 30th anniversary t-shirt right now as we speak. Oh, isn't that nice? Hey, you know what? Coincidental? Me too. Me too. <laughs> because listen, the fabric this year, you know, we paid a little extra, but we got really nice soft fabric. Isn't it mm -hmm. comfortable? It is comfortable. Very nice design too. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're wearing it and um, I'm wearing mine. So thank you, Coach Chrissy. Listen, Mom, Coach, and uh, but next year, I guess you're going to be the expert. And uh, maybe you're going to travel to other countries, teach other moms how to coach flag football. Who knows? That would be fun. I would really enjoy that. Well, you know, we're we're waiting for COVID to get uh, to end or we're supposed to go to Sierra Leone this year and Pakistan. Do any of those countries interest you? Um, if it's a, if it's a shorter flight, probably, but I can't take long flights just cause I, on my hips. Okay. But then, but then there is also Jamaica and the Bahamas. Oh. So that is shorter. 
yeah from from key west we can get it yes yeah that's gonna all right we'll talk more about that when we're off there listen coach chrissy uh mom coach and uh thank you for being you for coaching the girls and um thanks for sharing thank you and for you listeners out there get out there and say yes and just do it it is so fun okay and when we come back we're going to hear from our championship trivia team women from pakistan after these messages Want to start your own team or league? Would you like to learn how to officiate flag football? How about offering a players clinic in your hometown to learn how to play flag football? The IWFFA does just that. We have traveled across the United States and around the world since 1995, introducing the sport in some countries, creating new teams and leagues in others. And the IWFFA can help you. Just send an email to IWFFA at IWFFA.com. again for the international trivia contest and with us are the 2020 international champions from pakistan pakistan women can we hear you ume abida welcome now ladies thank you so much thank you so much pleasure to be here yeah very it didn't seem proper for us not to have a special acknowledgement for the Pakistan women. Your first contest was against Afghanistan. Do you remember that contest, the trivia contest against yes. the Afghani women? Yes. And you won. I think were the numbers in the positive or the negative that session? I remember one of the games, people, the teams were going the opposite direction. You know, if you answer the question correct, you get a point. And if you get it wrong, we take away a point. But anyway, you won that contest and you played against USA. And then yeah, I remember. Yeah. And then you played against team from Sweden. And in the meantime, we had another division of teams. We had El Salvador compete against Cuba. El Salvador won. Then they El Salvador competed against Jamaica and Jamaica won. And that was your championship game for 2020 against those Jamaican women. So I'd like to hear from each of you. Ume. Yes, it was uh, actually amazing experience. I think that type of competition uh, also helped us to increase our knowledge and also the fun matter. And uh, uh, one one advantage for me is that that I am a biologist and I think two or three questions are included uh, from the biology. So that's the advantage for me and bad luck for other women from the uh, competing team. So Ume, I thought... So, uh, yeah, it was good experience. So you're, you're, the, you're a biologist. Yes. Uh, didn't we have a uh, chemist on the team? Yes. Yeah, it was. I think it was Abda. You are a chemist? No, I am a chemist. 
commerce student. No, you're you're a student. No, I, I am you... a biologist only. Okay, so Uma, you ladies, uh, so your background is uh, biology then, and uh, Annie, what's your background by the way? How was the How was it for the you these games? That was really fun. That was very you know. Uh, means we we have learned many things from these uh, these uh, these type of competitions and means we do uh, we knows about the country the other countries and what are what are going um, there and means that was uh, kind fun and uh, of course uh, a knowledgeable game we can say this yeah well that uh, I, and you know it's these are still COVID times so it was something to yeah. take the place of our competitions now last year. IWFFA was to travel to Pakistan, but we couldn't because of the COVID. So right now yes, we are, we're geared up. We're ready to go. There's uh, myself and another trainer planning to come to Pakistan. We're just waiting for the door to open up. And uh, you, oh, ladies, you ladies. Most welcome. We really, we are really waiting for you that when will you come here and we'll, you know, so that will be a very uh, great time. We are, we'll have a great fun with you. Well, so we are waiting for you. I will definitely have a lot of fun. It's oh yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting all of you. And now, for all your hard work, your knowledge, your patience, you've won a car, a house, a trip around the world, a yacht, a dog, a million dollars, and you thought you were gonna win a bumper sticker. Well, that wraps up another On the Air with the IWFFA show. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed our conversations. Let us know if you'd like to be on the next show. Contact us by email, IWFFA at IWFFA.com. The IWFFA offers tournaments, clinics, webinars for all levels of flag football throughout the year, exclusively for females. Keep updated with flag football news each month through our monthly IWFFA flag football news email directly to you. If you'd like to receive our flag football news, send us your email. Our website is IWFFA.com. And if you're not already a member, sign up today. Support the organization that supports you. We'll be here next month, the third Thursday of each month at 9 p.m. Eastern Time Zone on the air with the IWFFA.